and all your strength. So this is the third week. First week, if you were here, Ed was saying, hey, uh, he thought your mind is really an important part, living God with your mind. And remember, uh, I listened to his teaching this week, and one of the things he said was, uh, you need to expand your mind about who God is. And Ed always does it by looking at the stars. Remember that? Like a two trillion galaxies, he said, and each of them have a couple billion stars, and he said he's just out at night, he's looking, and that helps him know how big God is, and that gets his mind around God, and then he said you also have to know how personal God is, so there are eight billion people on the planet, and the Bible says he knows the head, the hairs on your head, eight billion people, and he knows everything about you, and then uh, Ben I didn't get to hear his talk, it's not online, but I asked Ben tonight, you know, Ben, what did you teach last week about the heart? And he said, what he really taught was, the more we open our hearts to receive God's love, the easier it is for us to love God back. And that makes total sense to me. So tonight, my job, oh, and then next week, Ed, next week, uh, Jeff is going to be here, Jeff Mickey, and uh, he's going to be talking about God's strength. Uh, loving the Lord your God with all your strength. And I know some of what Jeff is teaching is going to be like fantastic. And it's going to be some new thoughts for you. And I think tonight might be some new thoughts for you. So I've got that little phrase, love the Lord your God with all your soul. Hmm. I wonder what a soul is anyway. If you're going to love God with your soul, we better start there. What is your soul? You know what a mind is. You know what a heart is. You know what your strength is. I was wondering if you know what a soul is. So I, I did a word search in the Bible. Here's a verse from Hebrews. And it says, we have this hope in Christ, an anchor for our souls. Oh, sounds kind of important. If we need an anchor for our souls, it sounds kind of important. And then uh, in First Thessalonians, there's this verse says this, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So humans are made up of three things. Uh, we have a slide for this. They're made up for body, soul, and spirit. Let's talk about that a minute. I think you know what a body is, right? You've been lifting weights, you've been running the cross-country teams off, trying to move their bodies as fast as they can. I used to tell a story uh, about a moonwalk, but now, just a couple weeks ago, William Shatner on Star Trek, right? Did you see this? He actually took a ride into space. He's 85 years old, he took a ride into space. And I was thinking, what if he just didn't go into space and come back down? But what if he went into space and, like, they actually landed on the moon and we had a second American moonwalk and he's got his spacesuit on and he gets out of the moon uh, deal and he starts to walk, but then he meets, like, some little moon people. And the moon people come up to him and they're going, whoa, whoa. And they, on his helmet, his space helmet, and he goes, whoa, the moon guy goes, glass, metal, whoa. And Shatner's saying, what? No, 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 no. I'm a human. I'm inside of this space suit. And then the little moon man goes to his big myth. And he goes, leathery, hard. 
Shatner's going, no, 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 my hand is in here. Then he kicks his boot. Metal, hard. And Shatner's going to the moon guy. He's going, no, 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 no. This is just my spacesuit. Inside there, I've got toes. When you were born, God put you into an earth suit. It's called your body. The Bible calls it a pot of clay in one place. And so you put on a body, and you're going to wear it for 60, 70, 80, 90 years, and then people who love you are going to put it in a casket, and that's your body. And everything that doesn't stay in the casket is your soul. Your soul is that part of you that's eternal. Your soul is everything about you that goes to heaven. That's your soul. So your soul has some thoughts and memories and personality and love and relationships. That's your soul. Now, the verse has another piece. Spirit. Wait, wait, wait. We got a body. We get the body. We wear that around for 60, 70, 80 years, and then it goes in a casket. And we know what the soul is. If any of you have been to a funeral and looked in a casket on a visitation, your grandpa or grandma... And you go, wow, that's his body, but he's not here. I can tell he's not here. Yeah, because his soul, who he really is, is in heaven. Now, what is the spirit thing? Ah, good question. I'm glad you asked. Um, every human being has a body. Every human being has a soul. Every human being has a spirit. But in many people, it's asleep. It's dead. The apostle Paul says, before Christ, I was dead, and now I'm alive. What's he talking about? He's talking about his spirit, which is the spiritual nature of him. And when you pray to invite Christ into your life, when you give all that you know of yourself to all you know of God, something supernatural happens. The Holy Spirit of God comes into you and wakes up, makes alive, quickens your spirit. So if you're a follower of Christ, you have three alive parts. Body, soul, spirit. Before you came to Christ, before you gave yourself to Christ, you had body and soul. Okay, now God's, now Jesus says, basically the summary of the verse is, love God with all you've got. Right? Mind, soul, spirit, strength. Love God with all you've got. Now, how do you love God with your soul? Another good question. I'm glad you asked. Uh, uh, one more verse I want to um, give you. Mark 8, 36. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? And what, what the Bible's saying there is, your soul is the most valuable part of you. Because that's the part that's eternal. And so, the, loving God with your soul could have 25 parts, but I want to talk about two. I want to talk about two parts about loving God with your soul. And um, we've got a slide on this. The two parts are obedience and surrender. Okay. Let's talk about obedience. You think you know what I mean by obedience. Like if your dad says mow the yard... You either do it or you don't. You either obey or you don't obey. 
right? Your mom says clean your room. You either obey or you don't obey, right? So simple. God says, love your neighbor, forgive those who hurt you and trespass against you, and you either do it or don't. No, obedience out of fear is one thing, or we can obey God out of love. You go, well, what's the difference? Well, if you're afraid your dad's going to take your allowance away, therefore you go out and mow the backyard, you're doing it out of fear. If you appreciate who your dad is and what he's done for you and the relationship you have with him, then you go out and you do it out of love, right? Are you tracking with me? Your mom, your room, same thing. And that's the way it is with God. We either obey God out of fear or we obey God out of love. I used to tell a story. I still tell it, obviously, because I'm going to tell you. (laughs) Homecoming last week, and your dad comes home, just put yourself at the supper table, and he buys a brand new convertible. And uh, you get the idea, maybe I'd ask my dad if I could drive his convertible to the homecoming game. And your dad says, yeah, go ahead, you can drive it, because he thinks about how cool it would be to drive a brand new convertible if he had had that opportunity at his homecoming. But he says, just take it to, to the game and then to the dance and then come right home. And so you do that, you take it to the game and then you get some friends in it and you come over to the dance. And then after the dance, a bunch of your friends start elbowing you and saying, hey, 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 let, let, let's go driving out in the country. Let's go, let's go a ways. Let's see how fast this thing will go. And you give in. And you take it out on a country road. First thing you know, it's gravel. First thing you know, you're in the ditch. It's dented up. The police come. You beg them to put you into jail. Because you don't want to go and explain to your dad what you did. And you, the policeman says, no, it doesn't that work that way. I'll take you home. And you're going in. And your dad's kind of waiting up for you. He doesn't know. And you open the door and now you have to tell him. And he sees how sorry you are. And he says, oh, go to bed. It's just a car. I'm just so grateful you're okay. Sometimes kids will yell, who has a dad like that? Well, you do. And he's in heaven. But the rest of the story is it's the next week. And your dad's replaced his car. And he reaches in his pocket, and he says, I want you to drive my second brand new car to the game tonight. How would you drive it? Carefully, why? Because he totally forgave you, and you felt his love, and it changed you. I've had kids yell out, I wouldn't drive it, I would wax it. It's like... The power of love. So one way you love God back is being obedient out of love, not fear. Understanding what he's done for you. The other way, I would encourage you to love God with your soul. Um, It's called surrender. The... um, the, the uh, symbol that everybody understands. I'm kind of proud of myself. 
I made this. Then I had to confess to my wife I used one of her pillowcases. <laughs> a white flag. And when do you when do you wave a white flag? What? When you surrender, yes. And when do you usually surrender to God when you've gotten to the end of the limb, when you've gotten to the part in the project you can't do on your own? Usually, like for me, I surrender. I wave this surrender flag to God when I'm at the end of myself and when I know I can't do anything. The first time I remember waving it like crazy, uh, 40-some years ago, our twins were born, the doctor was a friend of mine, and the doctor came in and he said, Dave, you've had twins because it was the emergency, and uh, your son might live, your daughter probably not. And we had two little kids. I went and got them, took them to their grandparents. I went in the bathroom, sat against the door, just wept, and waved the flag and said, God, there's nothing I can do. I waved the flag. I surrendered to you. And then I did what a lot of us do. I made all these crazy promises. God, if you'll just come through this one time, I'll serve you my whole life. I will, like, do anything you want because I'm waving the flag of surrender. I bet you've been there. I bet you had an injury or a disease in your family or an assignment that you couldn't get done or a sports season when you got hurt, and I bet in your heart you waved the flag of surrender. And that's good. It's good to surrender to God. But do you know what love looks like? Love is waving the flag of surrender before it even starts. I actually saw the staff of Big House do it after a supper. Nikki was praying you know what she said? She said, God, we surrender this night to you. And she was waving the flag and saying, whatever you want to happen here, God, please let it happen. She was actually waving a surrender flag before the event even started. That's exactly what I'm talking about. That's a way of loving God. So you're trying to choose a college right now? Don't wait until you're up in the middle some night and you're dying between choosing two and you can't figure it out and then you wave a flag. That, that's fine. But what you really want to do is before you narrow it down to six, wave your flag and say, God, I surrender to you. I'm going to do the hard work. I'm going to do the research. I'm going to train for this. I'm going to get the best grades I can. But in advance, I surrender in love to you. Same with the sports season. How powerful it is to wave the surrender flag before the sports season even starts first practice. Just go, God, because I love you and I know who you are and I know what you've done for me, with all of my soul, I surrender this whole season to you. If I'm going to get hurt, if I'm going to do really well, if I'm going to wave the flag before, that's an act of loving God with your soul. It's powerful. It's powerful. So, uh, let me sum it up. <sighs> loving God with all you have, loving God 
with all your soul uh, involves obedience because you know how much he loves you. Obedience out of love and surrender in advance before the project. I am, am always astounded. Astounded. I tell everyone I come in contact with tomorrow. Uh, this next generation coming up is thoughtful and smart and sensitive and listening. And you have honored me by listening so close tonight. And uh, I believe in you. I believe in you. And I believe in what God's going to do through you. I really do. Let's pray. Uh, dear God, you are amazing and you deserve all of our love. Help us love you with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Help us be serious about loving you, but also, Lord, just let us have fun as we love you. Let us not be so serious that we can't have joy as we love you. Help us love you back. Help us obey in little ways. Help us surrender before projects start. In Jesus' name, amen.